Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Good evening, church. It's so good to be back together again this week. Uh, and uh, well, I don't know how many of you are aware, but today is actually what the world celebrates as Pentecost Sunday. And uh, Pentecost Sunday is basically taken off from Acts chapter one verse eight, where uh, if you go through it, you can actually see that uh, this was the day that they believed that you know after the resurrection of Jesus and Jesus ascended back to heaven. This was the day that the Holy Spirit came and sat upon every disciple who was gathered in the upper room in prayer. And honestly speaking, I wanted to speak on the Pentecost today, but well, we started off with something last week, and I thought, you know, it's not right if I don't finish that first. So uh, we're going to do that today. And again, I want to again welcome and invite everybody who's uh, with us. Offline as well as you know who's uh, listening to us online. So good to be with all of you. All right, and um, if you remember, we've been looking at this whole series hashtag BFF, best friends forever. And um, like I said, you know, one of the reasons why I'm really excited about the series is because I get to talk about my best friend. I've been best friends with him over the last couple of years, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at few things in detail about the Holy Spirit. And number one thing which I don't want any of us to ever forget is the fact that we don't look at the Holy Spirit as an it. It's not an object. It's not a force or a power. But he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, and that's why you know last week we started off. By looking at the fact that he's a person, we looked at the fact that uh, he's got a mind, he's got a will, and he's got emotions. And in other words, let me put it this way: you know, when we need to understand about the Holy Spirit as a person, we need to understand that he's got thoughts of his own, he's got decisions which you know he has made, and he's got feelings just like us. Last week, uh, we were able to cover his mind and his will. All right. Today, we're going to look very specifically into the third component of the soul of the Holy Spirit, and that is his emotions. And let me say this: um, amongst you know all the messages, uh, I think in this entire series, I would say this is probably by far one of the most important ones. Why? Because you can really get to understand his emotional. Uh, component, you can understand the feelings of the Holy Spirit, and uh, I would say, if you can uh, come to a place where you can understand the feelings of the Holy Spirit, you can actually develop a close relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, just before we start today's message, I want you to think with me about this. All right, isn't it true that in any relationship where we try to get close to them? We want to understand how they operate or they relate emotionally. Isn't that true? I want you to think about that just for a moment. All right. I mean, you want to understand the person's emotions. You want to understand what they feel, how they feel. You know, because every time you come into a place where you want to try and have a conversation with them, or you want to come into a place where you really want to get to know them, you want to understand how they feel so that you can relate. 
in a much better way. Let me see if I can explain this to you. Right? I remember the first time, you know, uh, the first when we just got married, me and Anu. All right, and uh, I remember, you know, let me be honest. I made a lot of mistakes, you know, when we just got married in trying to understand my wife Anu. And she's, you know, is my best friend and has been my best friend as a human, you know, over the last so many years now. All right, but first, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I remember. You know, in trying to relate to her and trying to understand her, I I just realized I I couldn't. You know, because I remember you know once um, I went up and asked her, "Is everything okay?" Because she seemed to be a little off, and and she said, "Yeah, everything is fine." And uh, you know, a couple of hours later, and I'm looking at her, and then suddenly she you know gets a little more upset, and I said, "Is everything okay?" And she said, "Does everything look like it's okay?" I'm thinking, well, she just told me that you know everything is okay, right? And and over the years, let me say this, okay? I've been able to understand her uh, to a much better extent, to a much greater detail, all right. And and um, I mean, let me say this, okay? How many years now? Uh, all right, very bad place to be in. Fourteen, uh, um, yeah, we'll be completing fifteen years, you know, this coming year. So uh, it's been over fifteen years that I've been able to understand her. Now, one of the things that I do today, all right, I don't want us to miss this. One of the things that I do today, all right. Is I've been very careful in avoiding to do the things or to say things that upsets her or that hurts her. Now, you know, I don't want to upset. I don't want to, you know, come to a place where I'm, I'm hurting her. Now, let me ask this question. I'm not. Do you think I'm doing that because I'm scared of her? No. Let me just make it very loud and clear. I'm not doing things so that she gets upset, or I'm not doing things so that she doesn't get upset because. You know, I'm scared of her. No, it's because I love her and I treasure our relationship. I wouldn't want to do anything that I would know would upset her or grieve her. Why? Because I know that you know the minute you know there is there is a moment of hurt or there is a moment of upset. You know, in between us, it can breach our relationship, even if it's just for a season of time. I want you to think about every relationship that you ever had. Isn't it true? That when they get hurt with you, when they get upset with you, you come into a place where you know you tend to stay away from them. You tend to you know withdraw from them, and you don't want to talk to them for a while, even if it's just for a season or for a period of time. You want to come into a place where you come out of you know feeling bad or feeling hurt and feeling upset before you can actually go back and try to talk to that person again. I want us to understand this, Judge. The same is true when you start to develop a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. Many times, you know, we ignore this because again, we don't view the Holy Spirit as a person who possesses a mind, will, and emotions. But let me say this: once you start to value the relationship you have with Him, you will care whether or not your actions and your words bring Him pain. You naturally become interested in knowing what upsets your dear friend. You care why? Because you love him, and you hate the thought of creating a distance between you and him. Just like any other relationship, you wouldn't want to hurt him, you know, because you know that when you say this or when you do that, it upsets him. Now, let me ask this question: Is it possible to hurt the Holy Spirit? Let me say this loud and clear: Yes, it is. It is possible to hurt the Holy Spirit with our words, sometimes with our actions. Now. Uh, I want us to look at a portion of scripture now. If you're okay with me, you know today is going to be a little bit of a Bible study, all right? I want us to look at you know a letter that Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and here's you know a portion of scripture that he writes, and I want us to just go through this. Okay, it's found in the book of Ephesians, 
chapter 4 verse 25 to 32 verse 25 therefore putting away lying let each one of you speak truth with its neighbor for we are members of one another be angry and do not sin do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil let him who stole steal no longer rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has need verse 29 let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Now, verse 30 is something that I want us to all pay attention. Do not and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, there's one scripture there, all right, and uh, a lot of things, you know, that Paul lists out, you know, in this entire passage of scripture. And between all of that, he emphasizes, or let me put it this way, he highlights this one particular statement and he says very clearly, hey, listen, guys, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, what I want us to notice here is the word grieve. All right. Uh, the word translated in the original translation for the word grief, it conveys this meaning. It's deep sorrow and distress. It comes from a word denoting a pain that can only be experienced between two people who deeply love each other. So here's what Paul is saying. Don't grievously hurt the one who deeply loves you. All right. It's 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 coming out of a pain. It's it's coming out of you know that sense of sorrow. It's coming out of that sense. And, and he sees what he's saying. Listen, guys, this this. I want you to understand this. Listen, in all of these things that I've mentioned, listen, do not grieve the or hurt the one who deeply loves you. I want you to look at the person who's sitting next to you, and I want you to tell them, listen, the Holy Spirit love, deeply loves you. All right. Here's what we need to understand. All right. The Holy Spirit loves us so much that any time we get into doing something, it grievously hurts him very, very deeply. It pains him. It hurts him so deeply on the inside. Now, what I want us to look at this context, you know, what Paul is talking about here. Notice some of the specific behaviors, you know, that Paul is listing out that actually caused the spirit to grieve. All right. Let me list out a few of them. Lying, sin, stealing, neglecting to give to others. Alright, and in fact, if you study this entire list, you know, you would find that there's a pattern that's emerging in all of these verses. All of these behaviors, if you notice, it relates to how we treat others, particularly our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, if you remember, you know, Paul is writing to the church. The church, you know, is filled with believers, people who follow Jesus Christ. And here's something that I've told us before in this series. When the day that you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and resides inside of you. In other words, listen, he's your roommate. He lives in the same house that you're living. You're under the same roof. And, and Paul is writing to the church, you know, and each of them have the Holy Spirit who's living inside of us. For example, if you look at that, you know, that first verse there, he says, you know, we have to put away lying. Why? Because we are members of one another. Now, here's what I want us to look at. Because the Holy Spirit lives in every believer, mistreating or, you know, doing one of these things that's mentioned on the list into any one of those people inside of the church involves mistreating the Holy Spirit who lives inside of them. That's why, you know, if you read through the verse 31 and 32, it says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking 
be put away from you with all malice. Why? And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. In other words, he's what he's saying, listen, stop mistreating one another, especially when the church, you know, it grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but do you know that in most churches, people leave because of the leave the church because they get offended by somebody in the church, they get offended by the pastor, they get offended by you know the elders or whatever. They just leave because they're hurt and they're offended on the inside. And here's what I want us don't want us to miss. Every time somebody gets hurt because of what you've said or what you've done, it grieves the Holy Spirit who is also living inside of them, especially when it comes to relating with church or the believers that is there. Now, here's another thing that I want us to look at. Sin doesn't grieve the Holy Spirit. Alright, let me, let me complete that. Don't quote me out of context, okay? Sin doesn't grieve the Holy Spirit because, you know, uh, because of, you know, what you've done or, you know, because he's like a killjoy, he doesn't want you to have fun. No, no, no. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit because, get this, sin hurts people. And you know what? The Holy Spirit loves people. And the reason why the Holy Spirit, you know, gets grieved by sin, alright? It's because when you commit an act of sin, when you, you know, do an act of sin, it not only it hurts you, it hurts the person who is involved as well. And that is why, you know, the Holy Spirit hates sin. He grieves, you know, over sin. Why? Because it causes hurt to the people that he deeply loves. All right. Now, here's another thing, you know, that's interesting that I've, you know, just noticed. All right. Paul doesn't say, you know, in this list, don't grieve Jesus. Alright, and he also doesn't say, you know, don't grieve our Heavenly Father. He specifically highlights and says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, you know, here's what, this is the truth, you know, which many of us, we tend to forget or we tend to take for granted. The Holy Spirit has made our hearts his dwelling place. Everywhere we go, he goes. It's an intimate association. And therefore, you know, he, every time, you know, we allow something into our lives, every time, you know, we mess up and we fail and we commit an act of sin. Listen. He also gets affected by it. Now, um, I remember, you know, um, many, many years back when, when I was in college and uh, we decided to move out of the hostel with, you know, two of my batchmates and we were, you know, rented out an apartment. I mean, some of you can understand what I'm talking about, right? We rented an apartment and every time, you know, you move out of your house and you go into college and you're staying in a hostel or you're staying in an apartment with your friends, what's the first thing that comes into your mind, all right? It's the money. Suddenly, you know, you are in track of every rupee and every money that you have in your purse. Isn't that true? And, you know, the same was true of us. You know, when we moved out and we figured out, okay, this is the amount that we'll have to pay for the rent. This is the amount that we'll have to pay for the current or the electricity bill. All right. And, and uh, we decided and we realized that, okay, man, we need to maybe hire somebody to actually clean the house. But what do you think we guys did? All right. Naturally, the first thought that came into our mind was, you know, we don't need to hire somebody. Why? Because we can save that money for ourselves. So we decided that, you know, we're not going to hire anybody to clean the house. We're just going to do it ourselves. But, you know, it's only after we moved in and a couple of months, you know, I didn't, it didn't I wouldn't say it actually took me a couple of months. Okay. I realized very quickly that both of my roommates, you know, were not really fond of cleaning. All right. They, 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 you know, they would just look at the mess and be like, huh, I'm just too tired or, you know, things like that. And let me just be, you know, this with you, all right, about myself. I like my things to be a little clean. So there was always conflict. There was always frustration. You know, that would build up in me when I would go into my house. 
I've seen, you know, things are just lying all over the floor, places dirty, you know, this is that. And I would keep pushing them, listen guys, let's clean up the place. Sometimes they would, sometimes they wouldn't. And sometimes, you know, out of the frustration, I would end up cleaning the entire house by myself. You know what would frustrate me the most? All right. At the end of the day, I clean up the whole place by myself. And when they come in, they just mess it up immediately. All right. It, it really used to get to me. And, and guess what? I would get frustrated. I would get upset. I sometimes would feel hurt. All right. Same is true with the Holy Spirit. You're living, you know, with Him. And every time you get into a place where you do something that's wrong or you do something that messes up, you know, your house, listen, He gets upset. He grieves. All right. And the reason why He grieves, I don't want us to miss this. Why is it that He grieves every time, you know, we do something to hurt ourselves? One, yes, because He loves us. He doesn't want us to see us get hurt. Number two, because He's grieved, He knows, you know, you know, there is that grief intimacy that is lost between us and him and he does not want to lose that intimacy with us even for a short duration or short season of time you know this word grief when you think about it you know um it's it's about um you know especially for us believers right now uh, when, when we know that you know we've lost someone who we are very close to and the hope that we carry is that one day we will get to see them on the other side isn't that true all right but but we grieve, you know, for a short duration of time because we know that we're not going to be able to see them, you know, for a short duration of time. And that's the same thought that runs in the mind and the heart of the Holy Spirit. He knows that, you know, for a brief period of time, there is going to be a breach in our relationship with each other. When Now, here's something that I don't want us to forget. When a believer sins, you know, we don't lose our salvation because our salvation is not based on the works that we do. Our salvation is based on grace, all right? But we lose our intimacy with the Holy Spirit every time we sin. So, how do we grieve the Holy Spirit? I want us to show two very specific areas today, all right? And let me close with that, all right? So, here's number one. In the number one way I believe that we can grieve the Holy Spirit is through bitterness. Alright, when we carry bitterness in our hearts, that's reason enough to grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I want us to show, I want to see us, I want us to see a passage, alright, and in this passage, okay, in this story, uh, Peter and John, alright, the disciples, the first apostles, they traveled to this place called Samaria, alright, but uh, they're going to Samaria because uh, Philip, all right, had already been to Samaria. He had preached the gospel and there was a major revival that sprang forth in Samaria. A lot of people had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. There were new believers that was so many there. And Peter and John wanted to see them and, you know, and just have some kind of fellowship with them. And when they arrived, they discovered that these new believers haven't received any teaching yet about the Holy Spirit. and know nothing about receiving his ministry in their life. So John and Peter, you know, they began to lay hands, they began to pray for these new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. And when they do, a lot of miraculous things starts to happen in Samaria. And, and one of the persons who got saved, you know, through Philip was a local magician by the name Simon. You know, he had been saved, he had been baptized, you know, in this entire Samaritan revival. He sees all of these miracles taking place and something, you know, stirs up in his heart. And guess what he decides to do? He offers to buy this power from Peter. I want us to look at, you know, uh, this letter. Dr. Luke had written to the church, Acts chapter 8, verse 18 to 19. And here's what, you know, is written there. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Hey, 
Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Notice how Simon's perception of the Holy Spirit was. He's already relegated the person of the Holy Spirit to a power or to a force that he could buy like a commodity. Like I said in the beginning of the series, you know, listen, it's important for us not to look at the Holy Spirit as a force, as a magical power, as something supernatural. No, listen, he is a person. He's a person, he's got a mind, he's got will, he's got emotions, all right? And you can't just buy off, you know, the power like that. And look at, you know, how Peter responds to him, okay? Acts chapter 8, verse 20 to 23. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness. And pray God if I if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. And I don't want us to miss verse 23. Here's what Peter says. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. You're poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Peter rebukes Simon so sternly. All right. And he ends his statement with this remarkable observation. Okay. And then, the, you know, I believe, you know, we will be doing, you know, this later on in the series. Peter had a word of knowledge. Peter had, you know, the Holy Spirit showed him that Simon was bound, poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Listen, here's something that I want us to understand about bitterness. It's a poison. It's a poison that can poison you emotionally. It can poison you spiritually. It can poison you mentally. It can even poison you physically. Every area of your life gets affected if you carry the bitterness, the poison of bitterness inside of your heart. All right. Um, you know, the, the, the first time I actually came across this, okay, because I never knew how much it really uh, affects, you know, somebody mentally or even for that matter, physically. I remember, you know, a couple of years back, I was this patient who walked into my clinic and, and um, I'm just doing my treatment regularly. So it was uh, a lady with her sister, you know, both of them had come into my clinic and I was, you know, doing the dental treatment on this lady. And then I, I would say maybe around three fourths of the treatment, you know, she, she suddenly goes into this place of migraine. Right. She has a severe headache and she gets into this place and, and I asked her, suddenly I asked her, what happened? Are you okay? And she said, no, no, I keep having this migraine on and off. So it's just that migraine has come back and it's fine, doctor. If you're done with the treatment, you know, otherwise I'll come back another time. And so we, we got up and, uh, you know, um, in my office, you know, just talking and generally so I asked her, listen, you've been having migraine since how long? And, and she said, migraine has been there for so many good number of years. And I remember, you know, sitting there and talking to her, I, I remember I could sense the Holy Spirit was asking me to ask her straight up, listen, are you carrying any sense of unforgiveness or bitterness towards somebody? And I remember, you know, um, both the sisters were sitting right there. And, and as she was talking about, you know, the fact that she had migraine for a good number of years, I, I asked her casually, listen, I just wanted to ask you something, listen. Do you carry unforgiveness or bitterness towards anybody? And immediately, you know, um, her, she, she gives us a smile. She looks at her sister, she gives a smile. And then she says, um, well, what to say, doctor? Uh, and, and she just gives me, you know, a very, very, you know, unsure un, uh, answer kind of a thing. And she says, uh, what to say, doctor? And, um, and then I said, well, are you really, you know, this? And, and that's when, you know, she starts, her mouth and her sister was sitting and she said yeah she's living with her mother-in-law and it's been you know one after the other one after the other and I said oh, okay 
and then um, you know and then then you know we go into this conversation where we're just talking about you know about what she's been going through and halfway through I remember her eyes wells up because she said listen doctor I've been trying everything and I and I told her listen there's no cure for migraine that the science or the doctors have been able to discover medical science have not been able to discover a cure for migraine but listen if you're willing to forgive and release your mother-in-law and not hold any bitterness towards her I promise you I believe that your migraine will slowly start going away and and she said I've tried that so many times but I just can't yes migraine is something that the medical science and that's when I discovered that and after that you know every time I would hear about migraine my first question to be to that person would be is are you carrying bitterness inside of you because bitterness is a poison it affects people mentally and emotionally and this that then I mean I don't know if you're aware you know if you're carrying bitterness and unforgiveness towards somebody this it can affect your relationship with god you can't you know be yourself and even if somebody else were to come and try to get close to you you will have trust issues with that person you will not be able to trust that person wholeheartedly emotionally it starts affecting you so badly because of something or some you know something that was said or that was done to you by somebody else a long long time ago this it's important that we learn to forgive and we learn to release you know that person for whatever they've said and whatever they were doing and simon was carrying that place and simon in this passage was carrying that poison of bitterness and that's why he just put it you know this because the holy spirit was completely green with the bitterness that he was carrying in his heart now bitterness is one thing here's another thing you know that's listed out here and that's the word iniquity in addition to bitterness simon was also bound by iniquity We don't use the word iniquity. If you notice, you know, iniquity is not a word that we use in our everyday conversation. This old-fashioned word, okay, here's, let me see if I can explain. All right, this old-fashioned word refers to the bondage that habitual sin creates in your life. In other words, you know, here's what I'm saying. You know that those sins that we keep doing over and over again. The reason we keep doing those sins over and over again is because there's a bondage, and that bondage that's inside of us is called. the iniquity iniquity is the bondage in your life that causes you to go and sin again and again let me say the sin is an event iniquity is a lifestyle sin is an act it's an act that you do but iniquity is a habit it forces you to go back and do it over and over again i don't think you you seem to understand what i'm saying you know let me let me give this um this you know you know that one sin that you keep going back to god for again and again and you keep saying god i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i won't do it again i won't do it again you know 100 times maybe even 1000 times and you feel bad you need to keep going back to god and keep asking forgiveness for the same sin yes what that's a bondage it's an iniquity that you let me give you an example you know there are very several sins you know that's habitual like a sexual sin all right the iniquity that prompts person to go and sin sexually often is lust because of the lust that is there inside of the heart it prompts or it, you know pushes the people to go and commit an act of sexual sin okay some people you know who are bound by sexual sin it, the iniquity that they carrying may not just always be lust but it can also be rejection they continue to try and get acceptance you know by committing sexual sin so that people simply you know accept them for who they are that's the iniquity or that's the bondage that is they carrying inside of them listen i know it's a bad thing but the good news is that god can set you free and that is why you know as a church we emphasize on the ministry of inner healing and deliverance 
it's very important that you go into a process of inner healing, figuring out, you know, what's there on the inside. Let me give you another example, you know, that you can understand this word iniquity. You know, fever, right? All right. What do you think fever is? All right. Fever is basically a symptom. Okay. You know, all, all the non-medicals are looking at me like, you know, we don't understand all this. Why are you always talking about this? You do understand. Okay. I mean, we just came out of COVID, right? All right. And, and you remember those times, you know, when you had that cough or you had that fever and you, you, what were you thinking? Oh God, I hope it's not COVID. And then you go and do the test and guess what? It's COVID. All right. And you remember, you know, every symptom. Why? Because the symptom, you know, that was presented was actually a deeper thing that was on the inside. A symptom of fever, a symptom of cough. Often, you know, we used to think that, is it COVID or not? Is it because I have fever because of COVID? Is it that I have that cough because of COVID? You know, we used to think like that. In other words, here's what a symptom means. A symptom is simply, uh, you know, an external, um, uh, what do you call it? An external show of what is actually there on the inside. Can I tell you this? Sin often is an external force of something that we're carrying deep on the inside, all right? In Simon, when you look at the story of Simon, you know, he was bound by iniquity. He's bound and it's not surprising. Why? Because, you know, Simon was a sorcerer. He was a magician and I'm sure, you know, he had been yielding himself to demonic powers for most of his life, all right? And, and, and you know, Simon was carrying the sense of bondage, carrying these kind of things because he's been practicing that for years together. All right. And and, and, and uh, here's something, you know, that I also don't want us to mess up, right? Many times, you know, we think that when we become a born again Christian, that all of our old habits and everything is going to die out. And isn't it true? And isn't it surprising that many times, you know, we find that we go back to the same sin that we were doing even before we were saved. I remember the first time I got saved, I had this encounter, this powerful encounter with the Lord Jesus. I remember I came out openly and said, you know what? I don't think I can ever sin again. I actually said that in my naivety, in my innocence, I said that, man, I'm never going to sin again. And it was not before one week before I fell and I was thinking to myself, how did I go back to that sin again? This, here's what I don't want us to miss, all right? The Christian life is an upward journey. The moment that we are born again, the moment that we accept Jesus Christ as a Lord and person Savior, we are made righteous. And I've looked at this word before, you know, righteousness or the righteous, you know, that we call is literally, you know, we are put in right standing with God. Regardless of what we have done, because of, you know, the blood that was shed on the cross, today we can go into God's presence freely. Why? Because God has, you know, forgiven us of every one of the sins. So He's never going to look at us and say that, man, you're a sinner. No, He's completely taken it off. But sanctification is another word. How many of you heard the word sanctification? Now listen, sanctification is a word, you know, I know that, you know, many times, you know, we, we just read by it and we don't understand. I'm not going to ask any of you today, you know, what's the meaning of the word sanctification. But sanctification literally means, you know, you're trying to become pure and you're trying to become more Christ-like in your behavior. And here's what we need to understand. It's a process. It's a process. And you know what the good news is? The Holy Spirit wants to be our partner and our friend in that process where, you know, one by one, all of these old habits, one by one, you know, if there are roots that go in deep, you know, in regard to the bondage and in regard to the iniquity, he wants to help us, you know, to uproot those things. In, in other words, you know, he wants to bring a thorough healing, you know, into, if it's like COVID, you know that the fever is not going to come back if COVID is completely healed. Just like that, he wants to heal on the insides of us so that we don't go back and do the same sin that's been keeping us in bondage for years together. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that He wants us to be free and He wants us to come to a place where we can get back 
you know, all that breach in our relationship with Him is completely removed and we can get back into the intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, I was just thinking about this. When you hurt somebody, all right, there's literally two ways that you can actually get back into the relationship with the person. Now, you know, we're talking about this relationship with the Holy Spirit and you know that you grieve the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think about, you know, all those times that uh, you came to know that somebody that you know, that you love very closely, very deeply, you've hurt that person. What happens? All right. There are two ways that you can actually go back and try to get back into that relationship. Isn't that true? All right. One is simply by saying sorry and trying to move on, you know, without any actual repentance. I mean, you know that you've hurt the person by the words that you spoke about, the things that you've done. So you go back to that person, you say, listen, I'm sorry. Ah, I didn't mean that. I didn't intend that. And you just try to, you know, move on, you know, like and pretend like nothing ever happened. I mean, I want you to think about those moments, all right? We're not really sorry. We're just sorry because, well, we don't want, you know, anything to happen in our relationship with this person. And we want to move on. We don't want to be stuck in that place, all right? That's one way of getting back into a relationship. But there's another way to get back into the relationship. That's not just by simply saying sorry, but being truly repentant of what you've said and done. You know that your behavior has caused that person to grieve or to be hurt and upset. You know that the words that you spoke came out of an attitude that you had towards that person. And when you say that, listen, I'm sorry, my attitude or my behavior has caused you know, you to get me to behave this way and me to speak those words and it has hurt you and upset you very badly. Listen, I never want to go back into that attitude. I never want to go back and do those things again. You know, that is the sense of, I believe, that's the true place of coming where you can actually realize that, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm grieved. You know, um, Paul, again, you know, when he was writing to the church at Corinth, right? First uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, those are the two books that we have in the Bible. Isn't that true? All right. But here's something that, you know, uh, we need to understand. I don't know how many of you know this, all right? Theologians believe that there were actually three and some say four books, you know, four letters that were written to the church at Corinth out of which we only have two right now, all right? But I sincerely believe that the Holy Spirit wanted us to have just, you know, those two letters that we have in our Bibles today, all right? Because the first time, you know, the church wrote a letter to Paul, Paul was really angry, all right? So he got really angry and then, you know, he writes a very angry response back to the church at Corinth. That was actually the first Corinthian letter. And then, you know, the church responds to that letter. And then the first Corinthians book that we have is actually the second letter, they say, that was in response to the letter that was written earlier to Paul from the church. And if you actually go through first Corinthians, you will actually see certain places where Paul picks up randomly, you know, yeah, you said that or you did this. And he would actually, you know, address some of those things that's mentioned there. And then um, the church writes a response, you know, they realize, you know, many of the things that they did was wrong and they respond in a very repentant way. And Paul writes, you know, the second Corinthian letter, which is actually the third, maybe the second, I mean, again, I don't know, all right, the letter in response to that verse. And here's what I want us to look at, you know, what he writes in second Corinthians chapter seven, verse eight to 11. I've never seen this before. I want you to read this. Verse eight, Paul's writing, for even if I made you sorry with my letter, I do not Look at what he's saying. Even if I made you sorry with my letter, I didn't regret it. Though I didn't regret it. For I perceived that the same epistle made you sorry, though only for a while. Verse 9. This is something I don't want us to miss. Paul writes, Now I rejoice. Why? Not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led 
to repentance. And here's, you know, here's something that I want us to catch, you know, when you're trying to get back into a relationship, like I said earlier, it's not just about saying sorry. It's not just about, man, man, I, 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 oh man, I've messed up. I've done this. I, no, 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 no. Listen, I've, I've, I've said sorry. All right. But I'm saying sorry, you know, not just to move on, not just, you know, so that I pretend like nothing ever happened. But I'm so sorry that I've hurt you because I love you too. And I don't want to see you get hurt. And I don't want you, you to see, you know, you stay hurt in the place that you are. I want you, you know, and, and that's causing a deeper, a certain kind of sorrow inside of me. And here's what he's saying. Listen, that sorrow led to your repentance because you were grieved on the inside of what you had done or what you said, you know, to hurt that other person. In this case, you know, the Holy Spirit, you are willing to repent and change in the ways that you are. Listen, here's what Paul goes on to say. For you were made sorry in a godly man. You know, that, that sorrow, that sorriness, okay, Paul refers to it as, it's, it's like in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces that. Here's what he's calling that kind of sorrow, that you were hurt, that you hurt the other person, that you hurt the Holy Spirit. Listen, that's godly sorrow. And that godly sorrow, church, it says it produces, you know, it's not like, you know, and you're trying to repent, you're trying to change your behavior, you're trying to change another listen. If you're truly, you know, grieving over the fact that you've hurt somebody, you've hurt the Holy Spirit, listen, that godly sorrow is going to produce, it's like a fruit, you know, repentance is like a fruit that's going to come out of that sorrow that you get. And here's what verse 11, here's what he says, for observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner, what diligence it produced in you, what clearing of yourself, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. Listen, listen, you are willing to go to any extent to change your behavior, to change, you know, your attitude. Why? Because you deeply wanted to get back to that intimacy in that relationship. In all things, Paul says, you proved yourself to be clear in this matter. Here's what Paul is saying. Listen, simply saying sorry wasn't enough. But them being sorry had led them to a place where they were sorrowful of the fact that they had hurt the Holy Spirit. And that kind of sorrow is what Paul again calls and refers to as godly sorrow. And that produced repentance. Can I tell you what repentance is? Repentance is basically simply a change in your behavior or change in your attitude. It's something where you come into a place where you say, listen, I know I've been doing these things. I'm going to change. You know, repentance is literally that you're going in one path, you decide to change your path. You're not going to go back in that same path again. Can I tell you this, church? The way you get back into a closeness in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, when you fall into sin, you know, this is the way how you get back into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. When you fall into sin, this is why, you know, many times the Holy Spirit brings that sense of conviction that we have had sinned. That we have sinned. Yes, we have sinned, but listen, he doesn't want us to feel condemned, but he wants us to know that we can repent, we can go back to God, we can go back, get back into that place of closeness or intimacy. I'm not saying that, you know, every time you fall into sin, please don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that when you fall into sin, that, you know, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is completely cut off. That's all I'm saying. But you lose the intimacy that you can have with him. I don't know if the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you in anything in today's message. But this is a message that's so close to my heart. Why? Because many of us, you know, many times if you're not careful, you can come to a place where you take Him for granted. You can. You can just take Him for granted. Hey, listen, I know God's going to forgive me. Hey, listen, it's okay. I know God will, you know, take care of me. 
but will you come to a place where you're willing to address and say that listen lord i don't want to keep going back and keep you know doing the same things again and you know keep hurting you and keep grieving you because of all these things he can be your best friend forever but be careful not to grieve him in the things that you do or the things that you say can we look to the lord in prayer right now every eye closed and i want us to ask the holy spirit this one question have i grieved you holy spirit have i grieved you holy spirit in anything that i said in anything that i did i want you to take a moment and just reflect on your own life have you taken him for granted have you said that you know i know god's going to forgive me it's okay would you be willing to come back to that place where you once upon a time you had a strong deep intimate relationship with him the holy spirit wants you to come back into that place right now for some of us we still carrying bitterness in our hearts about some things that happened maybe many many years ago some of us we're still holding on you know to that hurt and that pain that we carry we haven't told it about it to anybody else we've just been carrying it nobody knows about it but we're still grieving on the inside we're still hurting on the inside the holy spirit is asking you this evening would you be willing to let it go would you be willing to you know just release it and forgive those people who said that or did that those things to you and i'm not saying it's easy many times it's not but christ forgave you and you can forgive them the holy spirit has given you the power to forgive them every bitterness let's just release it right now at the altar of god every bitterness is a poison let's just release it right now in the name of jesus thank you jesus thank you lord for some of us we are bound by iniquity there's a strong urge you know that pushes us back into those same sins over and over again whatever the root is when i pray and break it right now in the name of jesus thank you lord thank you jesus hallelujah father we just want to thank you lord for this time that you given to us lord just to be in your presence lord just to be able to lord father focus on you o holy spirit lord we know that you are there right now in our midst lord lord we know that lord father that you are there right now in our midst to holy spirit you are moving right now in our midst lord father we want to feel your tangible presence right now in the name of jesus lord lord we want you in our midst right now lord father we want you in our midst right now oh holy spirit i pray that you would sweep over us right now lord father the world is celebrating this day as the day of pentecost lord they look back to this day as the day of acts 18 where oh 
Holy Spirit, you came down for the first time and you filled and you engulfed, Lord, Father, Lord, that upper room, Lord. Every person who was sitting there was filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, Father. And Lord, I pray this evening, Lord, as your presence come down in this place, O Holy Spirit, as you, Lord, Father, start ministering to every person who is here right now, I pray that you would touch them, Lord. Touch them, Lord, Father, Lord, at the point it hurts, Lord, Father. Lord, every hurting thing that is going on right now, Lord. Every person, Lord, Father, Lord, is carrying bitterness right now. I pray, Lord, Father, that, Lord, help them to release it completely in the name of Jesus, Lord. Help them to forgive them and release them completely in the name of Jesus. Whoever it is, Lord, Father, Lord. Those close people, Lord, Father. It might be their relatives. It might be their parents, Lord, Father. Whoever it is, Father, I pray that, Lord, that it would be broken in the name of Jesus, Lord. And, Lord, I pray this evening, Lord, as we've spoken about, Lord, your emotional nature, Lord. I pray, Father, that each of us in this place would come back to that place of intimacy with your Holy Spirit. We would come back to that place of intimacy with you, Lord, where we can hear you, Lord Father. We can hear your sweet voice, your tender voice so clearly, Lord, that we know, Lord Father, what you want to do for us. We know, Lord Father, what you have in store for us, Lord, and we want to do, Lord Father, what you have for us to do, Lord. I pray this evening, Lord, that you would speak to every person in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, if you have grieved your Holy Spirit in any way, Father, once again, Lord Father, we want to, Lord Father, ask for forgiveness and come to that place of repentance where we don't go back and do those same things again, Lord. We thank you, Father. We surrender everything into your hands, Lord. In Jesus' most mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. May the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of us now and forevermore. Amen. That really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this. If you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.